I, for one, am glad that Vincent Mann is doing the SFL. I fucking again. can't believe because... it. I can't believe that nutter <laughs> is fucking doing it again. It's good because the XFL was great and it's one of the most successful products that's ever been created. It definitely didn't like almost bankrupt him. It, I think it lost because um, he did it in a joint venture with ABC. Yeah, and um, it lost like a hundred million dollars, and it was only on for like ten weeks. He's such a carny. The ex- just rolling into the TV studio. I got something for you. What is it? We're going to televise football. We already do that, but this one's different. And it's shitter. it's sexy. It's sexy. It's extreme and it's fast. So he drafted in like college players and things like that, and let them have their own stuff on the back, yeah. which is where the "he hate me" thing comes from. Yeah. And if he's not back in the new XFL, I don't know what. <laughs> like they tried to create characters, like uh, when he set up his bodybuilding federation. Think, oh god, that thing is so good. But the one thing that XFL did have is, it, I think I'm pretty certain I'm right with this. It it was the first one to have overhead cameras. Yes, it was. Yeah, I heard. But that. he didn't patent it. No. <laughs> it was literally the well, only thing about it that could have made money at the time, like 2000. He had the choice of. Um, starting his own football league, yeah, which or, he or thought UFC. it was time to do, or buying UFC, which was in kind of its infancy, and he could have afforded it. And like, it's incredible. He would have turned UFC into the World Bodybuilding Federation within like a month. <laughs> yeah. It would have been fantastic. <laughs> but yeah. Hello, welcome to We Don't Talk About the Weather, political discussion that to the uninitiated major sound like screaming and crying. And barking. And barking. It may sound like barking at some points. He won't say his name. Um because he started calm down finally. Yeah. Third, he's a good boy. third comrade. Yeah, he's a good third boy. comrade. Yeah. Um I'm Adam and this is you. Hello. And we're here to talk about this week's news. Yeah, my forty eight hours of monster hunter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's been most of the week. Oh, fucking news. Who cares? I don't know what's what's been going on in the world since Friday. Because well, since since midnight on Thursday, yeah, that's all I've been doing. All I've been doing is um, it's a mean game. I feel really bad because I am just like hunting animals that just seem fine, and I'm just killing them to make sweet trousers. That's what I do. <laughs> that's what I do now. So what's been happening? Um, what are we going to talk about? What's uh, happened? Let's see. So we're this... going to get rid of Theresa May on Monday. I saw that. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's 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 the usual stuff. It's Tory intrigue, and it's Jeremy Corbyn again making a really good. Like, did you see the thing about him? Um, uh, we'll build a house for every homeless person. Oh yeah, I saw that. Cause, we um, will cause... secure eight thousand properties for every homeless person. Um, yeah, because I saw noted nominee for dumbest hack was um, James O'Brien was talking yep. about that and about how he just can't get behind it. Because it's such a bad idea. Why did he say it was a bad idea? Um, well, he got he got shouted at for an hour. It was pretty great. Because <laughs> at first he said like, "Well, they'll just put people in those houses that are empty." If you know the the if he was going to just buy the houses, that yeah, are empty. sure. And it's like, oh, they'll just put people in the houses. And someone phoned up. It's like, so they'll be renting them, so, which will solve one of the problems. Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah. And it's like, also, I just don't, I just don't think it's right to. I don't think you can give um. He lets slip something because he was like. Talking about, you know, there's lots of reasons why people are homeless. And quite a lot of people who are homeless for a very long time have mental health problems. Yeah. And he was like, I don't think just giving them a house will solve that. I don't think Jeremy Corbyn was planning to do that instead of treating them. Yeah. But, it, you know, having a roof over your head helps. You don't understand. But he did let slip one of his major issues, which is you can't, just can't give away these houses in some of the most salubrious parts of London. Ah, there, there we, go. we go. I can't Suddenly... afford to live in Chelsea. Why can they live in Chelsea? Suddenly it all connects up, slots mm. in. Yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that was, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Just yeah. take those fucking houses. And the thing is, it's not taking houses that people have like bought and then moved abroad and like are leaving empty. Yeah. These are like those big blocks of flats that are empty. Then there's like thousands, aren't there, that are just sitting around London that are just empty. Yeah, there was, another, see- there was another report on, uh, I think it was Sunday, about mm. um, they those, it's most of the flats that they've been building south of the river in Battersea. Yeah. Um, yeah. Remain, I think, like uh, only a third of them are you sold. You see them on the train down to um, down to Metro. Only a third of them are sold, and they they are looking at it's going to take another two or three years to actually sell them. By yeah. sell them, they mean add them to somebody's property, yeah, property portfolio. It's um, it's kind of it's definitely we drink a lot in town on like a weekday. Yeah, and like when Not you're as walk- much as I like. Yeah, but you know when we've gotten drunk yeah, yeah. and when you walk to the station, like depending on where you are, the amount of windows that are dark. Yeah. Oh, on yeah. like a weekday at ten. It's like you take a train out of London. Oh, yeah. Um, any any time of the night, and mm. the it go through like Docklands or wherever. Mm. The amount of windows that are blacked oh, out. Just um walking through Chelsea. Yeah. Um Chelsea on a Sunday. Yeah. Fucking empty. Yeah. It's crazy. It's fucking bizarre. But yeah, so that was yeah. that. That's good, Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah. Carrying so, but, on being but, good. Like floating those ideas mm. and uh we're gonna i thought this week we're gonna talk about president's club in a second because yeah, that happened yeah. like last tuesday i think yeah um Didn't all that all that kind of stuff came yeah. out so just after we'd done the last podcast mm. we thought we'd have a go at that um and we're going to come back to this i think because mm. a lot of people have also been leaving labor this week mm-hmm. uh well i say a lot of people like there's been a couple of prominent uh like resignations and why i'm leaving the labor like they're doing a nick cohen yeah a lot of, a lot of new nick cohen's a lot of them um but yeah, first off, we're gonna do the Presidents Club. Yep, that that did look awesome. Um, definitely didn't definitely didn't look like the kind of party that would make a normal person's skin crawl. Because <laughs> I think I probably went through the same the same stages that everyone did when that, that came out. Yeah. First off, I had no idea what this thing was. Yeah. And next off, of course, that kind of shit happens at that kind of thing. Yeah, but not in that way of like, um, like trying to downplay it. Oh God, no, no, no! Like, um, I didn't think it. I didn't think it, I thought those things were gone now. Oh no, I see. I, I just assume like you don't. It's one of those things you never know specifics, but yeah. you know that it exists. Yeah, I just thought that those kind of things were outsourced to like on yachts in Monaco or something like that. I didn't think they. Mm. They. I didn't think they still pretended to do like um Victorian philanthropist balls where they bring in prostitutes. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I, I kind of thought that that still went on, but for it to be so um, blatant. So, like, it was um, held at the Dorchester. Mm. Um, this President's Club, it's like a charitable association. It's been around, I think, since about 2003. Mm. Um, they held this charity auction with mostly, like, property magnates, a um, few celebrities, things like that. And they auctioned off, like, celebrity prizes and things like that to raise money for charity. I saw one of the prizes was, like, lunch with Boris Johnson. Um, yeah, I've actually got a list of the, the prizes here. Fantastic. Um, not all of win? them, but most of them. Because, like, there was... Um, LBC used to do this auction every year for their charity thing. Yeah. And one of the prizes that just looked like one of the best prizes, like, ever, which was, you go around the reptile house at London Zoo with Ken Livingston, and he tells you about newts. <laughs> that sold for a lot of money. <laughs> Then there's also, you know, like, go for dinner with Nigel Farage yeah. and Nick Ferrari. It's oh. <laughs> and Nick Ferrari at the same yeah, time. both of them. Fuck. That's, I mean, that's similar to, so the top Crazy. prize, they had a, quite a few prizes. The top prize was you would end up as a named character in David Walliam's next children's book. <laughs> Mr. Groby. Yeah. He's... <laughs> We call him Mr. Register. 
He's ever such a mean master. <laughs> I have no idea what David Williams' children's books are no about. Idea. They just made one, didn't they? It was like that rat, rat race or rat face. Oh, they yeah, put it on at Christmas. Yeah, it looks shit. Yeah. Um, you got Lunch with Boris Johnson, hosted by Ian Botham. <laughs> Beefy. You got to think about the he age. A cricket player. He was a very prominent cricket okay. cricket matcher. I only know that one cricketer. The cricket one gamer. Drunk. I only know the one drunken cricketer. Um, he was from yeah. He was from the days when like yeah you could like he was like the early like eighties punk critic cricketer in terms that like cri- <laughs> like the cricket going middle class would understand because like, he wore a half Windsor not rather than a full Windsor. <laughs> yeah, he said shit a lot, <laughs> okay. and you know didn't give a fuck about the rules like the ban on going to South, sport events in South Africa. <laughs> um, okay, those kind of rules. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you got to think about the age of the people who yeah. are going for this. So like yeah. Ian Botham, yeah, that's, like my dad would probably love that. Yeah. Like. Um, like dinner with Linda Lusardi. <laughs> Those, like aiming at that generation of fun. That's a blast in the past. <laughs> it's because I saw it, she's in, um, it's in The Detectorist, one of the characters who's like of that age. He fantasizes about going metal detective with Linda Lusardi. <laughs> Where did it go? Sorry. What else could I, what else could I have won? What else was behind it's, the curtain? It's, it's proper like Alan Partridge prizes, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, are. you know, who would you do, who would you like that thing, that bit where he's doing the, um, it's an Easter weekend. What are you doing and who are you doing it with? I'd go around Windsor Safari Park with a bottle of scotch and Sean Connery. <laughs> God. That'd be horrible. Um, What's behind curtain number two? <laughs> uh, tea with Mark Carney and a Bank of England tour. Oh, Wow. That sounds riveting. Well, yeah, is but... it the Bank of England? It's not even like the Mint, so it's just like an office, isn't it? Um, no, it's it's not the Mint, but it's a fairly like what's like, in there though? Big, but well, bank stuff, like spreadsheet people. It's an office. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, but so like, it's just a tour of an office, but like with a, a Canadian. It's, a, it's an old building, and it's like being close to that. Like, like okay, so for the the level of people who were, who were at this dinner. Like I've got a list of some of the people who were there. So like Philip. I want to Green, hear more prizes first. We we will hear more prizes okay, in a second, sorry. but I just need to explain okay. like the so like Philip Green. Which Philip Green? Um, oh, no, the two. Philip Green. Which one? The uh, Arcadia Group. Okay, that one. Philip Green. Um, Bruce Ritchie, a property developer, um, an internet entrepreneur. Um, George Holmes, who I think is the vice chancellor of Bolton University. Um, Gino De Campo, that celebrity chef. Liam Botham, a rugby player. Uh, Rashid El Habtour, hotel chain owner. Theo Pafitis from Dragon's Den. So all I'm saying is, it's like not the very top. Oh no. Because all those CEOs are like weird ice drinking freaks. Yeah. They're all like shaven headed, jogging yeah. at five in the morning, you know, go to bed at five in the evening. Those kind of guys. Designing like driven. transport systems even though they've never gotten on a bus in their life. Yes, exactly. Redesign, like disrupting the bus, that kind of thing. Like yeah. freaks, weirdos. Yeah. These are the second tier, in many ways a slightly older form of businessmen, as evidenced by their fucking behaviour. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that kind of thing is We're the kind of like thing they would the... love because they've never got close to that level. They're not. They're not the mark. Like because Mark Carney looks after himself. Yeah. He's got like he's got PR. He gets someone to do his hair. He hasn't got you know, gout, is what you're he saying. Hasn't, yeah. <laughs> he's got his own hair and he hasn't got gout. <laughs> um. So they love that shit. Um, other prizes. Um, a Michelin, Michelin star chef Nuno Mendes hosting a dining experience in your house. Promising to recreate the magic and ambiance of the Chilton Firehouse in your own intimate setting. Make a cheese sandwich. Yeah, cheese on toast. <laughs> I'd love to make a Michelin star chef make cheese on toast. <laughs> One of the recipes was an exploded Black Forest Gato. A deconstructed Black Forest Gato. 
You know one of those things where they yeah, take no, the I, different bits I'm and very, ingredients I'm, and part of it? I watch MasterChef. I'm aware of yep. disgusting cuisine. <laughs> um, you've got a Richard Prince artwork, a BMW i8 Roadster. Okay. And my, per- uh, well, my personal favourite, plastic surgery package oh, yeah. that promised to add spice to your wife. <laughs> Again, the age, yeah. the character, you know, these are, these are boisterous entre- ex- ex-entrepreneurs. Yeah. Like, they don't do anything anymore. They've made their money in property or like <laughs> the idea of this stuff like that. wife is like, I bought you a spa weekend, darling. Fantastic. She goes away, she falls asleep, she wakes up with gigantic tits. <laughs> in a bath full of ice. Yes. <laughs> with plastic surgery, you're Kidneys. Yeah. Oh. Um, you also got the uh, the chance to name the new Evelina Children's High Dependency Unit after yourself, a loved one, or a company. <laughs> Having fun, doing good. That's what it's all about. Giving back. Yeah. Yeah, giving back. Oh. Giving it plenty more, like, fucking it's, hell. It's, it is. It's just Victorian philanthropist bullshit. Yeah. It's, um... You definitely saw the... The, the oh, kind of a like bit of carry on swagger to it. Yeah, it, it it has that edge, and I don't think they're all like carry on people, but mm. there's definitely like that that edge of it. Maybe they missed out on the eighties. Maybe they missed out on all the coke and mm. the the whiskey sours and the you know all that kind of stuff. Mm. And they just they they've got one time a year to enjoy that kind of stuff. Mm. You're saying about like the um, the philanthropy bullshit. Mm. Like that seemed to be like there were a couple of people defending um, what had happened. Yeah, I saw that. Um, uh, you had uh, Brendan O'Neill in Spiked, of course, because of course, well, yeah, of course, of course you do. Um, mostly talking about like the outrage around it, how the outrage is like terrible. Um, well, you know, when you've got one tool in your toolbox, yeah. <laughs> when you've got a ha- when you when you've got a nail, everything looks like a hammer or whatever yeah, the term is. Yeah. Um, this is the news, the utterly non-shocking news to anyone who knows anything about A, rich men, B, Park Lane, and C, sassy young women who early in life use their nouse and looks to earn a buck. Their nouse. Fantastic. <laughs> a fantastic look at use of lingo there. This year it took place at the Dorchester in Park Lane. Young women are in attendance too to serve drinks and look good and let's face it, flatter the egos of these probably quite portly aging men who would never catch the eye of beautiful women if they weren't rich. Rich men like to hang out and together hang out together and be in the company of attractive women? Never. Next you'll be telling me Park Lane has a higher wanker to nice person ratio than most other parts of London. I'm sure he's very aware of where all the wankers are. <laughs> um it's it's the way he describes women like what implicates about the women is far more fat what it implicates about like when he's talking about the yeah. moral outrage at yeah. the uh, president's club groping yeah what it implicates about the women is far more foul with its depiction of them as hapless slave-like creatures needing to be saved by the middle-class clever women of the ft and elsewhere in the media do me a favor when i was younger and they were younger too i knew working class women who temporarily traded on their looks to earn a living and they were the last people who needed looking after a rescue Working class prostitutes, well known for their... I just love the idea of... Um, power in his, society. His version of Pretty Woman. <laughs> yeah, it's like the way that he doesn't like... He doesn't spend very long describing the men. Spends a long time describing oh, the, sure time, the kind of women who he imagines. Like, And he does imagine them a lot. <laughs> there's like There was an article in the tab, like the student paper, where they interviewed a, a couple of the women who had been... Uh, hostesses at this mm. thing and it's like yeah we were we were kind of brought in and like they're temp they're temp workers they're yeah. all temp workers they were all kind of uh, um, at 8pm the start time for the dinner the women queued in height order before being paraded on stage and through the ballroom to the sounds of Little Mix's power which features the repeated lyric I got the power 
like a buddy ranch. Yep. And these women, um, they had to sign non-disclosure agreements and give in their phones. Yeah, they, their phones were taken away from them. They were given short black dresses to wear for the dinner. Some girls were given red belts and red nail polish, when others they, black. Were they, didn't have their underwear specified? Red meant the girls were leaving after the main event finished at 12, and the most attractive hostesses were told to wear black and work the after party. Now, this is where, like, apparently the worst stuff went on. Like? Um, they were given a meal before work started, bottles of wine were handed out to everyone, and they were encouraged to drink. Mm. It all seemed normal until uh, Emily, not her real name, it all seemed normal until we went there in the early evening and did a run-through of our entrance. Even the word entrance seemed a bit bizarre. They told us we'd be walking out on stage in front of all these men and then going to an allocated table while the song Blurred Lines was playing. Oh my god! <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so the after party is where most of that stuff happened. So hang on, like, uh, Nadine, is it Nadine Zahawi? Uh, no. That's the... I think that's his name. It is the Tory the... children's minister. Yeah, who um who said he left mm. after before the before it got really, really bad. Yeah. But once you're at that bit, yep. Then and also, all the rumors are this has been going on for a while. Um, like this, there yeah. were lots of people like there were some people saying, "Oh, I think it's just gotten worse in the last couple of years." It's like, no, 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 it has been shit like this for a long time. Yeah, and that's why the how the Financial Times heard about it. Yeah. They sent um, uh, an undercover mm. reporter or an undercover reporter, like freelance person, mm. um, uh, applied to work at the event, and that's how all this like all this stuff got out. Yeah. But um, they interviewed like these uh, the the hostesses who'd been there before, and it was like, yeah, it's it's fucking horrible. It's always like this. But I've you know got to yeah. I've got to I've got to earn money doing. I'd like to point this out: doing hostessing. Yeah. Nothing about. No. That was like a common thing. It's like, oh, these women know what they're getting yeah. into. They mixed with pro. There were some prostitutes yeah, but then- who who were among the hostesses as well. And it's like, oh, all right. were they hired for for prostitution? Were they? No. no, they weren't. Like, they weren't hired for that. Like, that's a, a like all support to sex workers in doing what they they want to do and what yeah. they need to do and how they keep themselves safe and everything. Like, they weren't hired for that. No. No, nobody is actually nobody is hired for that. Nobody is ever hired for like groping and <laughs> that it? kind of harassment. Well, um, it's that thing of like, uh, like with sex workers, got no problem with sex workers or also, sex work in general. Larry, like. But surprise sex work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's not that's so fucking. Well, the thing is, it's. It's having, It's not at all fucking surprising that these disgusting old men would be like this. Yeah, it's like um, Sarah Vine was another one. Of course, of mm. course, it was. Mm. Um, uh, she was like, she started her article on it by saying, "Like, we now live in a world where convicted sexual predator, taxi driver John Warboys, gets parole after serving just nine years in jail, while an organisation that has raised upwards of twenty million pounds for charity is forced to close down because a few of its members got drunk at a party and misbehaved." That's what happened. That's not what happened. And interesting that you conflate the two. Well, the problem with you know? Sarah Vine is like people are really mean about her, but her um her version of word has been broken, and every arc, every time she starts a document, it starts with well actually. So she's had to make an entire career out of this. Yeah. <laughs> um, like when somebody offers to pay you cash, this is her again. When someone offers to pay you cash to entertain three hundred and sixty uh, middle-aged men on a boozy night off from their wives and families, you would either have to be very naive or very stupid not to expect a certain amount of boorish behaviour. What happened between some guests and these young women at the Dorchester is not acceptable, but then nor is the behaviour of women with male strippers at hen nights very edifying. Oh, yeah, it I provokes guffaws rather than outrage. Again, again, 
these women were not strippers. Yeah. They were not hired to be strippers. Yeah. It's um, it's also that I hate. It's one of those things that I really despise. The implication that when men are away from their wives, it's perfectly like they're always they're always yeah. doing it, and therefore you shouldn't get annoyed with it. Me and you have long term have been in long term relationships yes. for like since our twenty like early twenties. Yes. Yeah. When we're out without our respective ladies, yeah. Do we attack people? Mm. I grope you a lot, mm. but to be fair, I'm irresistible. You are. But you know what I mean? It's that, it's that thing of like, no, no, that isn't acceptable. No one thinks it, no one but thinks it's acceptable. You, you, can, you can tell like... It's a specific class of person that thinks it's acceptable. Yeah, it's the, it's the way that like, it was all papered over as boy... Like, it's the same stuff that we've been boys talking be about like for, for months has yeah. been prominent in mainstream for, for months. Yeah. And we have been talking about victim blaming and the like the conversations around sexual assault for yeah. I mean feminists have been talking about it for years yeah and I feel like it's definitely gotten to a like a level of mainstream like discussion that people know these things yeah and yet the same old excuses like yeah. well of course if you weren't at the hostess if you were at home uh, weaving for your you know for your money yeah. then you wouldn't have to put up with it and like capitalism always offers like women that that choice like it it's not a, a flat playing field because traditionally it always allowed like if women were in the home supporting mm. like uh, w- like waged workers in a kind of bourgeois family situation mm. it was okay that was policed but as soon as they stepped out onto the street mm. then it was okay yeah. it's like it's it's just I don't it's the thing that's really telling is how quickly after everything that's been coming out for the last well it feels like forever now mm. how quickly the same old same old people are back to that bullshit of yeah well what did they expect yeah they did it for because advanced, they're, but they did they're it for also money. they're also the people who are the first to say oh my god feminism has just gone too mm. far me too has gone too far this yeah. time it's like you can't do anything yeah. and it's like they these men are specifically doing the thing the stuff of sexual assault nightmares yeah like bottled up in a room yeah taken to a smaller room without being told what is going to happen to you it's specific localized domination patriarchy isn't just an abstract like no like thing that like a spirit that perv- it is a, it is that yeah. as well it is a spirit that pervades all yeah. of our society but it's also localized domination oppression and violence yeah specifically centered around the wage system <laughs> Which in this, like, it's a perfect fucking example of this. Yeah. And they're always the first people to cast it off and go, nah, nah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, uh, this isn't, it, not everywhere's like this. God, it's not like you take a hostess, hostessing job and you're just sexually assaulted all the time. You don't, a, a woman of good breeding doesn't just take a tech yeah. job <laughs> and not expect to be sexually assaulted. <laughs> That's just not done. Where are her parents? I think it, like, definitely, it took me a, a, a while, it took me until I was in my, Twenties to like wasn't friends like I went to an all we went to an all boys school yeah. I didn't know all that many uh, women growing up mm. um, like as friends and it took me a long time until like I like taught like until I was in a more diverse like friend group and like talking to women get to know them and it's like the number of women who like you know well when you get to know them a bit and you're talking to them honestly it's like yeah I had this mm. like I was sexually assaulted or I uh, you know I'm a survivor in 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 some way and it's like oh right. It's, Wait, that's like a lot. Mm. It's like 
a like it's anecdotal purely yeah. but mm-hmm. suddenly you realize that like it's such a huge huge thing yeah which and you so do not pe- realize as a man until you get to know and then when people just brush it off all the time it's yeah. really when oh. it's like, oh, everything's normal, everything's fine. It's like, no, it's not fine. It is a literal rape culture. I yeah, do, but they'll be the I first ones. They'll be the first ones to come out and complain about um, the marauding rape gangs in Germany and shit like that. Yeah, or like, yeah, the Cologne ones, or um, like using it as a fucking excuse to wage war. Mm. Yeah, like, they're always doing that shit. So, like, people were saying, like, like defending men only spaces and 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 things like that, and like. <laughs> Talking about it like it's... Uh, but this wasn't a men-only space. No, it wasn't, was it? No. Because, you know, women-only spaces, like refuges, mm. don't tend to, like, have a bunch of men brought in. <laughs> Do they? No. Um, like, it was a men-only space, but also a particular... Like, because there was a lot of, again, with this categorisation thing, of they were categorising the women... Yeah. ...along, if in prose, if not... As prostitutes, but certainly oh, alongside prostitutes. They were saying that they were loose women. Um, apparently, in the after party, there were some prostitutes who were not hostesses mm. who were invited in, but the fact that they were then bringing prost- uh, hostesses into mm. the the room. But so the men could like, play a fun game of guess the prostitute. Yeah, uh, they they actually were. They were going, oh, I didn't realise like you were not a prostitute. Why did you come? Oh my god. Like yeah, it was. It's that kind of. It's mm. that kind of free for all. And the defences of like the presidents' club people. Yeah. Or the outrage against the outrage. Mm. Um, had that kind of problem with categorization. Like they they put them very close to sex workers, even though they weren't, in yeah. order to detract from the idea that they had suffered any kind of like trauma. And in the same way, like I think like categorizing this just as a, a men only party, like it's explained some of it, but doesn't explain all of it like yeah. these were men with power yeah you can like there was an article in the evening standard today talking about how like oh nobody in the city knows who these guys are mm. therefore they were they were powerless and mm. it's not like i wanted to talk a little bit about um one of the organizers david meller mm. um he set up the president's club and he's like a kind of like typical um he's a typical kind of like is he a he's a he's a business he may very well be a mason um, he, that kind of man. He started off as um, like he owned, he's got a family business, makes mm. jewelry and things like that. He's gone into um, academy schools okay. and has a seat on the DFE. Okay, like uh, or had one before he was forced to resign it. Um, and like he's given a shitload of money to the Conservative Party. Mm. That's why there were Conservative things. He's, he was um, head of Conservative Friends of Israel. Okay. For a long time, which is why there was that Labour peer there as well, who was the head, I think, involved with Labour Friends of Israel. Yeah. Um, so, like, very much like in the power structure, mm. and like he's a he's supposed to be like the educator. Yeah. Like what? I, what is this? What? Yeah. And it's like they use those kind of occasions mm. in order to demonstrate like their power and that specifically doesn't involve women you can have yeah. as many women CEOs as you want but it's still like that male dominated yeah. kind of thing and like the fact that reading down his CV he was so like intricately involved like he was involved with um, policy ex- the policy exchange like yeah. the think tank that Michael Gove yeah. set up um, and like it's so deeply involved and like it's so easy to just kind of thread your way in mm. to that kind of thing and these these events like servers like rituals like mm. you know how like um fox hunters 
they gather together. They're not like hunting foxes to keep the population down. They're not hunting foxes to use it for meat. It's a ritual demarcation of their right to kill. Yes. They're usually rural, older fashioned aristos and invited guests who Mm. use that opportunity to like like I say, like demarcate their right to kill and no one else's. Their right to violence. And in that way, these people are doing the same thing. They're demarcating their rights as far as well we give to charity, so therefore we're allowed this leeway. Yeah. As you said, if this had happened in Cologne on New Year's Eve, yeah, we would have a shitload of, um, like outrage about it. Mm, but and if it was done by like, um, like North African men or something, yeah, but they know? gave some money to a children's hospital, yeah. therefore they're allowed to sexually assault a bunch of women. Hmm. I imagine there was probably quite a lot of Brexiters there. I'm not sure actually. Um, according to this this guy in the city, who one of the the city correspondents, Evening Standard, asked this guy in the city who they were, and he said, "Oh, nobody in the city knows who they are." And he said, "They're all North London property spivs," hmm. thus detailing like the hierarchy in in big business as well as as oh, everything else. It's so grey, all of it. It's really like it's really old fashioned, and like that's a definite like that's a definite feature of 2018, 2017, 2018 Britain hmm. is that. All these hoary old cliches about the seventies mm. keep on roaring back, like yeah. the the industrial sex party. Yeah, it's it's the kind of thing that you wouldn't it wouldn't surprise you if it was like an Adam Curtis documentary when they were talking they're talking about like mm. the time of Tidy Roland and that kind mm. of shit. Um, like the Mayfair set, they, I imagine the Mayfair set did literally have these kind of things. But with all, I mean, they were they were probably a slightly smaller. I think they were a slightly smaller group, weren't yeah, they? They were they just were. like um, like gamblers and things like that. Yeah. When, you, when you couldn't. There weren't as many casinos. You couldn't, you couldn't gamble. But it's yeah. like it doesn't. It also crosses party lines. Like I think it would be easy to kind of stereotype it, like uh, Brendan O'Neill does, like mm. portly, portly old men with gout and stuff like yeah. that. But it's like no, some of these were like younger men. They're just in a particular strata of the, the ruling class. Mm. You know. Yeah. They're, they're. It's it's aimed at a particular level. It's people who are breaking in and want to put their name on something. They've made enough money that they rule their particular environment, mm. but they want to put their name on something. Mm. So yeah, you advertise that. And just I, I don't know, the idea that Sarah Vine is getting outraged by um, all these like, but Sarah Vine being <laughs> outraged by um, being outraged and defending a party that was set up by someone who used to work with her husband. Uh, yeah, who is very good friends. He donated to um, Michael Gove's leadership campaign as well. Of course, that's yeah, yeah. It just says it all. It's like again, it's that that is one of the problems. Like, how can a woman ever get involved in any part of that kind of level of business? Yeah, when this kind of thing happens, and it's obvious they could be married to one of them and then write articles about <laughs> write articles in their defence. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, she got um she got really annoyed because like her article literally before that was talking about um her uh, kids having a, a house party. Hmm. Um and she said like she uh <laughs> she wrote about like going through the house confiscating alcohol and she was talking about the dancing and it's amazing. It's like an anth- it's like an old-timey anthropologist yeah. going through the jungle to find <laughs> these these kids dancing to like um uh like jungle rhythms. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it here. Like, uh, then the boys began to arrive, groups of three or four, polite as you like. But once they got downstairs, all that changed. First, the dancing. Forget the awkward jerkiness of my youth. This was properly provocative. A math of rising, thrusting, writhing, <laughs> thrusting extremities. I descended into the pit, fighting my way through a mass of naked limbs. 
How old are her kids? <laughs> I don't know. What parties are... I tell you what, great parties. <laughs> but no, just like... I think surely Tories have pulled back on having underage kids getting drunk and dancing in their basements. <laughs> I thought all that was starting to come to an end after all the police's attention. It's not just Tory. I think it would be easy to like uh, yeah. stereotype the people at this kind of party. They are a certain strata of the capitalist ruling class. Mm. But there were Labour people there as well. And like everybody who was saying, like, because uh, I can't remember the name of the peer, of the peer that was mm. um, like, uh, who's had to step down. Yeah. Um, but like, this ruling class isn't a Tory ruling class or a Labour ruling class. I don't yeah. think it is a ruling class with mm. certain rules and certain boundaries and certain like punishments mm. and to avoid those punishments they will unleash their literal husbands their their friends wives yeah in kind of combating that mm. you know it's yeah. it's fucking there's a david harvey thing i remember i was trying to find it um for, for this but like he does a q a session and a student stands up and goes i hear you talking a lot about the ruling class um and you talk, you know, like quite a lot about their place in things. And it's like, but I don't understand. Who are the ruling class? And he just reels off. He goes, yeah, it's probably people, um, CEOs of the top yeah. uh, 50, like FTSE and um, Wall Street, like stock market um, firms. It's uh, every firm on Wall Street. Um, it's the World Bank. It's all of these kind of institutions. And it's like, yeah, you can you can see it. It's just rare that it's like laid out in front mm. of you so much. Their actual, their actual physical power, yeah. which is what this was. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 So that's that. Mm. What else happened this week? What else were we talking about? So we were speaking about how uh, there's a the uh, ruling class is not just Tory or Labour, mm. but a bit of everything. Yeah. Um, so we were going to do something on the Labour leavers. Yeah, um, which we will, but like breaking news that Claire Cober stepped down. Claire Cober, head of Haringey Council, has stepped down today. Mm. And I saw on Twitter straight away a bunch of people, a bunch of very principled, principled, principled MPs speaking out, saying nice things about her from Neil Coyle, Heidi Alexander, West Streeting, Stella <laughs> Creasy, John Woodcock, Chris Leslie, Karen Burke, Liz Kendall. That's just a nice little selection there. Um, I imagine a Michael, list, Michael MP Michael Dewar would have, but he's not an MP anymore. <laughs> or who's that other one? That one who um, was like, um, who ran as an independent in the last election, then got like half a vote. Um, I can't remember. There was a, there was another another stupid Labour one. But yeah, dickhead Labour people mm. were uh, uh, unsurprisingly dickhead Labour people speaking out in favour of dickhead Labour person. Yeah, it was weird the way that they kind of phrase their criticism as well. Mm. Um, like, oh, she's, oh, she's a, stood down she's, she's a good. Well, I mean, the first thing that the the headline on every newspaper mm. is she stood down because um, momentum came into her into her Labour Party yeah. and ripped it apart. The actual like fucking first line on the Evening Standard is like uh, the leader of Harringay Council quit today and blasted sexism and bullying by supporters of Jeremy Corbyn. After almost a decade in charge, Claire Cobra revealed she will step down at the local elections in May after her ruling Labour group was ripped apart by activists belonging to the Corbynite organisation Momentum. Hmm. And like that's the head that's the that'll be the headline. Like yeah. they've they're properly scared of Momentum now. Yeah. So they're going to portray them as like Momentum thugs. Yeah. But the underlying thing with, with all their 
those guys' tweets mm. was, oh, she was a she's a real loss. She was a real asset to uh, to the Labour Party. You know, she thought that you know you had to provide services. Dogma must not come before delivery. Yeah, for the people. yeah. Um, she is right that the politics of regeneration, how to tackle the housing crisis and poverty in our big cities, is not as simple as some make it out to be. Things like that. Yeah, it's it's casting casting a light on their ideology because they're people without ideology they're the only people without ideology everyone else has mm. got these fixed ideas of how to do things and they have got a lot of ideas about how to do things but only one thing mm. that will actually that they'll actually do mm. um so we talked about this a couple of episodes ago um before christmas mm. about the uh, Haringey development vehicle basically yeah. a, a way of um handing uh, in order to get housing Haringey Council have presented it as they have to hand over £2 billion of public land mm. to uh, Lendlease, a mm. property company that was also responsible for uh, the Elephant Castle yeah. um, Haywood, uh, Haywood Estate. I can't remember. Haywood Estate, I think. Yeah. Um, and she has stood down because for the first time in I don't know how long, there's been such opposition to it yeah. that I think it might actually not happen. There's a lot of yeah. people who know Ab- uh, Aditya Chakraborty who's reported on this for, for months and months, yeah. really good, um, has said HGV's pretty much dead without her. That'd be good. Um, that it's actually it's actually been stopped for the first time. That'd be very nice if that happens. Residents have actually like managed to stop one of these huge schemes. And it was the biggest scheme. It's, a, mm. it's fucking enormous. Like There's no... Like there are smaller schemes in like um, I think Brighton and, mm. and Margate and um, uh, Edinburgh as well. I think there's a, another one, but this is the first time something of this magnitude has actually been been stopped because people didn't want it. Mm. And like, there's the classic thing that people have been doing for weeks now, which is, oh, it's a it's a desperate state for democracy when a group can just come in and you know get elected. Yeah. Um, also, there seems to be a lot with Claire Cober that she has completely run roughshod over her the other councillors yeah. in the party. Um, and so much so, in fact, that the NEC, the Central Labour NEC, had to get involved. Mm. They had a debate on um, the HDV and whether to come down hard on people who, after all, are members of their party. Yeah. But like the, res- the typical responses, I guarantee, will be, um, oh, how can the NEC intervene in a d- directly elected council? Um, not counting the fact that they are still fucking Labour Party members. Yeah. Like this idea that local councils, when they're elected, they're just officers of the state, yeah. and the state is beyond like party political allegiance. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, a bureaucrat job. It's a, a, a non-political job. You're just supposed to inc- like uh, put in whatever, whatever the the fashion is of the time. That's just what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to think. You're not supposed to have any other ideas. Yeah, you're not supposed to do what. Your party says they should do. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm I have two minds about, um, like Claire Cobra's like, uh, her impetus, like her reasons yeah. for for, like clinging so hard because she fucking fought so fucking hard for this uh, this privatization deal. Yeah, this um, public private partnership, and like, there's two reasons for that, mm. right? In my mind, either she's been paid off. Mm. Um, which apparently there was a considerable amount of that. They met the uh, the Lendlease in uh, Cannes, where <laughs> none of the other um, bidders yeah, for the contract yeah. 
were invited to. Um, they announced it there after mm. a very short deliberation away from the actual council chambers. To be fair, Haringey is twinned with Cannes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's the first thing. And the second thing is that they genuinely have like an... They have an ideological... like uh, That's their ideology. They yeah. believe in public-private partnerships as the the way to deliver it. But mm. that seems less likely the more I hear about it because all of them, all of them are like, this is the only way to provide services. Yeah. And to provide much needed... That fucking pissed me off today. Mm. So pissed me off. About the much this needed is, housing. It's much needed housing. How are my 9,000 res- council housing residents going to get better quality housing? And it's like, motherfucker, they're not getting it through no, this. They will. They'll get much better housing. No. They, they will. will get In a, Sunderland. They'll, yeah. <laughs> they will get a quarter... <laughs> they were calling it right of return. Um, they were saying... They, were try- they, weren't, they weren't granting it. That was the thing. So... When all these counts, when all these uh, estates were going to be demolished hmm. uh, for lendlease to build all this new, hmm. let's face it, luxury flats, hmm. um, they were talking about um, like uh, compensation or hmm. something like that. The idea being, once they're gone, they're not fucking coming back. Yeah. However, the local councillors were trying to install something called the right of return. Hmm. Have you heard this before? Um, <laughs> The right of return, that means that the council, the council housing occupants would be have a legal right to come back and occupy the building, uh, a flat in the building, once at council rates, mm. once it was um, done. And they could not could not get it in the contract, could not get them to agree to it. Well, yeah, because why would they? Yeah. This, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty certain it will probably come out that she's been paid off. It was weird because she just held on for such a long time and like... You never know with those new Labour creatures. Mm. I mentioned the David Mellor kind of uh, in the last section mm. about his kind of rise to um, his rise to his position where yeah. he was. Rich businessman gets in with politicians, donates a load of money, gets on a shitload of charity boards, and suddenly he's a big man. Mm. Gets the OBE, gets the peerage, and that's it. That's that's the career. That's the career path, right? Mm. Um, and Claire Cober kind of like it's always a bit more difficult to to divine like. Labour, Labour politicians. It's always difficult to divine their intentions. It's the problem I have with Jess Phillips because their backgrounds don't necessarily suggest that they are, like, it does suggest that they're like political appointees. They've spent mm. all their life in politics. I mean, she was a like a, an NUS. Um, uh, she was a vice president of the NUS. She served as like a, a, a student on the NEC, um, and ended up working in the voluntary sector and then you know she gets into mm. into council positions and things like that she picked up the um like the Harringen council leadership after the baby p stuff yeah um but like you you listen to them talk and you think that there's going to be some kind of like some plan some yeah. theory of there's their some, of their life guiding. you expect you expect that of labor politicians yeah. you expect there's a guiding principle yeah. like I support public-private partnerships because I believe that it's the best way to blah de blah de blah. You expect yeah. there's some kind of spiel behind that, but with um, with Claire Cobra, all all she would say was, "Oh, well, it's the only way to secure the funding." Even after yeah. the baby P thing, when she was trying to improve children's services, um, she was kind of like, "Oh, you know, I immediately like I immediately got on the phone to Ed Balls, who was a chancellor at the mm. time, and I extracted 1.7 million of extra funding from Balls." Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> And I ring fenced, you know, the funding for it, and it's like you're 
you're increasingly starting to sound like literally anybody could do that. Yeah. I don't doubt that you're in a difficult position. If I'm to believe that you are a, an actual public spirited mm. like person, I don't understand why it has to be you. A lot yeah. of the people who were kind of saying, "Oh, Claire Cove's quit. This is shit." A lot of them were kind of saying, "Like, oh, you just you just can't replace somebody of the the, the quality and the." There's a the lot of like the of Blairite, the Blairite Labour Party people mm. who very much feel like silent protagonists in games. Yeah, and that they're yeah. completely interchangeable. And mm. it is when that weird thing of when people come out and talk about how great they are. Yeah, it's really baffling. Mm. Because like even when you've had them, or like if occasionally you hear them on the radio, and it's like I, they don't. What is this person? It's just a petty functionary. I think it's like partly a function of like what New Labour did to politics because yeah. they did become yeah they became the PR people. So you see, I mean, it fucking spread to the Tories as well. You hear Philip Hammond and Theresa May, and they say the same fucking sentences. Mm. Theresa May okay. says like the same sentence fourteen times in every speech. And that's a PR thing. It's like a clever thing to shut down debate and to yeah. avoid difficult questions and to avoid looking like an idiot. Mm. Because they think as long as you can avoid looking like an idiot, at the end of the day, you're still in power. Yeah. And yeah, with Claire Cobert, it was she just hung on to this stuff so long and mm. was so devious with some mm. of the things she was doing, like releasing like the 500-page um, impact assessment, yeah. like five days yeah. before the councillors were supposed to. Um, Mm. Uh, deliberate it mm. and you know like forming that uh, we talked about it in the episode uh, forming that shadow council mm. yeah the shadow council of people who would decide things like expenditure and what like yeah. what would be included in impact assessments and publicly released documents and, and things like that and it's hard to believe other than maybe her deviousness mm. what particular skills she gave and you end up like left with two things that they're angry about it's that the council the local council issue like like local council landscape is slowly but surely changing mm. so that it's not just completely deferential to like um councillors yeah. and property developers yeah which for a long time that literally all councils have been yeah um and they just cannot stand the fact that they're not doing public private partnerships in the in the mm. in the way that they were doing and like fucking imagine the balls mm. Not Ed Balls, the, the fucking bollocks mm. to come out and say this is the only way we can secure housing in the same fucking year mm. as Grenfell and Carillion. Yeah. Like, nothing happens to these people. Nothing no. like, nothing, it's water off a duck's back. Nothing, no history ever happens, no events ever happen. And, like, and as well with the um, Jeremy Corbyn saying, like, well, we'll just take, we'll just mm. compulsory purchase a bunch mm. of houses. And it's like, well, no, actually, that would be wrong. What we need to do... No, that's what um, large transport projects do. <laughs> yeah. That's not for the likes of you. Yeah. How do these people expect anything... Like, if this is the only thing, if they really... If their backs are against the wall, mm. funding is tight, I know. Mm. This was a problem that was brought down from Thatcher when she devolved mm. all these powers to local councils. Mm. Because it meant that if if these things that she hated mm. weren't getting funded and they start like they, they starved the beast, they, mm. um, like killed them off mm. she wouldn't get blamed directly because she would say oh, it's the council's fault yeah. and it was a, a gr uh, for her and her project a great fucking bait and switch mm. because it has deformed domestic policy in this country massively yeah. and I can understand if they are starving for investment from central government it's well di it's really difficult mm. right? but at the same time like do you not think any bigger can you not think 
of no. any other way other than this thing where it's not only is it a massive waste of money as we covered last week, not only is it massively unsafe as we covered six months ago with Grenfell yeah. or a year ago with Grenfell, yeah. is it not like specifically not serving the people that you're martyring yourself on the cross of mm. these poor people all the dispossessed all the council housing housing occupants of my borough mm. won't be able to get their housing motherfucker they won't be able to get their housing with the project yeah. and specifically it's and you the s- whole point of it is yeah. specific it's again it's it's to move people out as well I, I, it's not to give them housing again, and it's again I'm not, I'm not sure exactly housing. about like the motivation of it I'm not sure if it's a specifically targeted um, measure, mm. yeah. But you can be fucking sure. It's like fool me once, shame on me. <laughs> fool me twice, three times, four times, five times. Every time this fucking happens in London alone, yeah. This gentrification, this social cleansing stuff. Mm. The more and more it happens, the more and more it's desperately important to do it. Mm. And this time it will be different. It won't be fucking different. They don't it's think it's never be fucking different because they think we're all idiots. Yeah. But so um, it was because of that that we had a low. It was the this was the impetus, wasn't it, for a lot of people leaving the party? Um, it wasn't. I don't. There was a few like uh, reasonably. You sent me that letter. I don't say high profile. There were a couple of things going around on Twitter about Labour Party members who have left and their reasons for leaving, mm. which I always thought again I think is really illuminating oh, yeah. the way that they phrase their leaving because they're really pissy about it. Yeah, when people phrase the reason they're leaving the Labour Party, it's not like when Ian Banks left the Labour Party when the Iraq War was announced. Yeah. And do have you heard that story? Um, oh yeah, yeah. Because he's got his Land Rover. Well, he had his Land Rover, mm. and he covered the sides of it in anti-war stuff, mm. and drove around town beeping. He cut horn. up his passport and mailed it to Tony Blair. Didn't yeah, he? <laughs> and then drove around town beeping his horn with all these anti-war messages. <laughs> God bless him. But like, there's like, I regret to inform you that the Labour centrists are very much back on their bullshit. Good, good. This uh, this letter. Yeah. From uh, Nora Mulready. Um she's I think she's just a Labour Party member. Mm. Um, and she wrote uh, on the 28th about her resigning from the Labour Party. Mm. So she says, Today I resigned from the Labour Party, the party I've been a member of for the best part of 20 years, no longer exists. That's the first thing. You've always got to claim the Labour Party is yours yeah. and it can never change. Also, the 20 years... It's that important thing of between like 92 and I'd say people who joined the Labour Party between 92 and probably 2015, I'd say, I'd say up to 2010. Okay, sure. I'd say are probably 90% scumbags. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Power. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas after 2010, I could see people joining, hoping, like seeing maybe Ed Miliband as like a slight chance to move Yeah, because remember, I mean, remember when he got elected leader, he was Red Ed. Mm. He was elected with the trade unions. He's in the trade unions pocket. Yeah, but I could see... far left communist. (laughs) I could see some Ed fucking Miliband. (laughs) I could see some people joining around then, not because Ed Miliband was a communist, but because of... Maybe there is hope of moving slightly there to were, the left. I think they it thought was, that there was a, a separation. Remember, like, Ed Miliband was fucking ludicrous, but we were all pretty convinced it was going to be his fucking brother. Uh, yeah, we really were. Um, and he was a better choice than his brother. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so, um, so she, she joined at a bad time. She's one of that lot. Uh, I can't in good conscience pretend to support the one it has become, the parties it has become. This is sad for me personally. The Labour Party has been part of my life since I was a child and I've supported it, campaigned for it, stood for it and even loved it for most of my life. That's the second part. You've always got to say, 
I was. It's not just that I was not a part of Labour. Mm. Labour was a part of me. Mm. It's like that. People who joined at a certain time, it became like an identity in addition to their because um, that, that was the sole sum of their political work. Mm. Like they they talk about socialism and then go on to describe nothing that is socialism. They just go on to describe Labour Party policy as it was. Yeah. Now even with Corbyn. Mm. Labour Party policy, I'm not a member of the Labour Party, but mm. if I joined the Labour Party, Labour Party policy wouldn't be my politics. My no. politics would be my politics. Yeah. If I supported the Labour Party's platform, I'd, yes, yeah, go for it. But they're not my politics. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the controversy over regeneration in Haringey is a perfect example of the conflict at the heart of the Labour Party. There we go. Those who believe in picking up any tool you can find to make people's lives better now and those who believe it's the statist nature of those tools that matters. <laughs> and yet it is the private nature of those tools that matters, isn't it? Yeah. It's never... It's the, That's the other thing as well. Always um, modern kind of, like you say, 92 to 2010 Labour people um, do the conservative thing of never mentioning private power over people's lives and no. only mentioning state power over people's no. lives. If you're sacked from your uh, private sector job, that is never a failure of capitalism or, oh, a fa- or, or an, uh, an oppression mm. by, a pr- by power. Mm. That is always like just part of the game. Yeah. If you're sacked by um, a public sector or mm. if uh, the public sector does something bad, which it does, of course it does, yeah. the state does something bad, that is an indictment of every socialist country ever. Yeah. Like, that's, their, that's their thing. And like, picking up any tool you can find to make people's lives better now. Haringey, development vehicle. Mm. F- 15% <laughs> affordable housing. Yeah, affordable. In, not. The pl- in the plan. Cheap. That's not even how it's going to end up. That's in the plan. Yeah. Luxury flats built on top of council housing. Yeah. That's not making people's lives better. <laughs> um, in their campaigns against the regeneration of some of the most deprived parts of the borough, those who now dominate Labour revealed an un- unforgivable willingness to exploit. Mm. They fought, and probably have won, to keep people in positions of deprivation. What? Yeah, because that's what they want. Because it's, uh, it's also their fault. Yeah. They, they were the ones who put them in deprivation. Why? To manufacture anger and hatred as fuel for their desired class war. I have nothing but contempt for these politics, which only achieve in keeping the downtrodden downtrodden. So that's <laughs> she the, wants people to be freed by the, the, the invisible hand of the market. Um, she wants people to... It's the Blairite thing. Yeah, she wants people to become middle class. Ah. Like, being working class in a capitalist system is oppression. But yeah. if you can twist it, you can just eliminate the working class entirely and everyone can cycle to work in their IT job. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, in recent weeks Labour could not make a simple statement in support of those oh yeah here we go in recent weeks Labour could not make a simple statement in support of those protesting for freedom in Iran Mm. it couldn't give a straightforward condemnation of a regime that stones people to death for adultery publicly hangs Uh. gay people and forces women by threat of criminal punishment to wear headscarves in public I like France they prosecute them for not for for wearing headscarves The, the whole thing about like um, not con- like not condemning things. It's like yeah. you know there are a shitload of African countries that um, out- have outlawed homosexuality. Yeah. You know there's significant sections of mm. India, for mm. instance. That's, there's India as a whole mm. still has anti-homosexuality laws on its mm. books, and when they tried to repeal it, it got defeated. Yeah, like not downplaying the nature of the regime in Iran, but there she brings the pick and choosing the the picking and choosing of of what you're what you're going to support like. 
Jeremy Corbyn doesn't support the regime in no. Iran. He supports a, a bulwark against the fucking horror that mm. America unleashes and is threatening to unleash again in the Middle East. Yeah, well, you just need to look at where American army bases are around Iran. Yeah. To see... What, it's just but also it's that thing it's that thing that they always do it's that thing of um, complain about the Khmer Rouge but don't complain about um, Pinochet oh. that kind of thing yeah like I don't know getting into that kind of um... I'm speaking out in defence of the Khmer Rouge <laughs> <laughs> um, my Labour would see America as a necessary bulwark against Iran yet the Labour we have sees Iran as a necessary bulwark against America do you think Iran are going to invade? they think it, they think They've absorbed the neocon lessons. Like, what about the last 20 years in the Middle East <laughs> tells you that Iran is the one to fear as opposed to America? Yeah. <laughs> um, I see the Saudis as important allies against the veritable tide of movies. Well, that's the, that's the thing. They've taken that um, thing of Iran is the sponsor of all world terrorism. Yeah. Um, taken from the old neocon, from the original neocon point of Russia as the sponsor of all yeah. terrorism. But to be fair, they are kind of right. I've seen true lies. Yeah. The the crimson the crimson jihad. They were Iranian, I think. Well, I think they said they were Persian. No, no. I think they're no, Iranian. No, I think, they're I think always, the crimson jihad didn't make much sense. They're always <laughs> starting to see some holes. They're, in they're, they're always nondescript and led by Art Malik. Yeah. So, like all terrorist organisations are led by a kind of non-specific Asian Middle Eastern person. Mm. So Ben Kingsley <laughs> or Art Malik. Yeah. Art Malik when he could get work, man. Yeah. Poor guy. Poor guy. Is he just... Is he's just... A, he's kind of... Because he was like a big hope, wasn't he? Did yeah, he get too old to look like the young terrorist? Yeah. Yes. So he couldn't get cast as young terrorist anymore. You, need it, you can go bald, but you need a little bit of hair. Or mm. no hair. Mm. And I think he's just got that little bit of hair. Mm. Um, she continues, Then there is the moral deterioration within the organisation itself. I have seen members who have given entire lifetimes to the Labour Party, not just ignored or thrown by the wayside, but deliberately targeted with malicious complaints and oppressive disciplinary action for standing up to the hard left. That's like, have given entire lifetimes to the Labour Party, so therefore, they're the only ones we should listen to. Mm. It's not a fucking tenure system. It's a, politi- it's a political party. Yeah. What, I, what do you want to see happen in the world? Do you want to join a political party to help that that most closely matches the thing you want to see in the world? It's not a fucking social club. No. It's not like, uh, uh, it's not a chamber of commerce. No. Which increasingly is what a local council looks like. Mm. You know? Yeah, it's... um, I don't get it. Because a bunch of TERFs were saying the same thing because a bunch of TERFs have been kicked out. Oh, um, yes, yeah. Ones with really safe, sounding, sane, normal Mm. Twitter handles like Dr. Radfen. Who was she? Was the one that was um, stalking Lily Madigan? Oh yeah, she was at the same party as her yeah, and like creepily taking the, photos. Lily Madigan, fellow Medway person. Yeah, shout but, out. Um, but that there Chat of person. creepily taking a photo of Lily Madigan, that's fine and wasn't blast like put all over the fucking mail. Whereas you know, a picture of Vet Cooper looking like an idiot. Yeah, I know. It just, um, but yeah, a load of turfs have been kicked out, and they were all saying like, you know, the same fucking bullshit. Like, oh, I've given so much. I've seen the Rooster Walkers still in the Labour Party, though. So you know, they still got some way to go to get rid of them. It's it's like that kind of an awkward conversation with Mark Walker though when they kick out his wife. (laughs) But she's a fucking turf. Yeah, she is. She's fucking horrific. Yeah, online anyway. Mm. And don't know what she's like in real life. I can't imagine much better. I've heard. Oh really? Fucking hell. But um, yeah, carry on with this woman's um, beautiful. I have seen people in their sixties, seventies, and eighties who were manning barricades in Labour rosettes long before their accusers were even born. 
They weren't manning barricades. Right. The Labour Party doesn't man, man, man barricades. Um, uh, the, do you know what? They very much might have been. They ain't done recently, though. No, they haven't done have for they? the last, like, 30 years. And again... Are we let? Is that is that how it works? Is it an yeah. age, is it an age system? Are we yeah. supposed to listen to the elders? Yeah. Because the elders fucking got us into this situation. Mm. The powerful got us into this situation. Yeah. It turned the Labour Party into something that was, as I need to remind people, mm. maybe one election away from fucking total dissolution. Yeah. I there is like when they were all that kind of uh, catast- catastrophist kind of predictions mm. before the um, 2017 election. Mm. I think to be fair. They were looking at Jeremy Corbyn as if, if he had been a continuation of Ed Miliband, mm. they there might not be a Labour Party. Yeah, because that way of doing politics is just done. Yeah, it's completely over. It is. And like, what what are they what are they what are they supposed to do? Like, I, if they're opposing, if if their politics conflict with deeply mm. with what the Labour Party want, then fucking leave. Your politics so are your politics. They're not... The party doesn't belong is, to you. The people who... Like, people like her who joined around that time. They treat the Labour Party like an election winning machine. Like the Conservatives. Because pers- that's she, what the Conservatives are. The Conservatives, um, they yeah. will do and say whatever... You know, yeah. they... And I don't imagine many people leave the Conservative Party because of deep-seated fucking beliefs. Yeah. Um... But yeah, it, it's a load of people, and they constantly talk about electability as if that's the thing. Like, I, if I joined the Labour Party, I wouldn't be joining the Labour Party specifically to win. I'd be joining a Labour Party that believes in the same things that I believe. That's the problem. It's the the Blairite thing of yeah, destroying the notion of politics. Yeah, and it's just a club. And they use those two those two notions of modernization. We've got to be modern, mm. very modern, very mm. modern, without any actual real, be like Macron. without any actual yeah definition of what that entails. Yeah. Because that entails is itself is an ideology. Mm. It entails a specific set of political platforms, which is sacrificed in their second club they used to be <laughs> over people's heads for years. Which is we've got to be we've got to do it now. Yeah. We've got to do it right now. We can't afford to just wait and get it right. We've mm. just got to do it now. And if that means like privatising half of fucking London, that's what we'll do. Mm. And it's like, do you not see the actual harm you're doing? Mm. Not only forget even if you wanted to do anything good in the world, for what's the damage you're doing to the Labour Party mm. by engaging them in these things that people fucking hate? People hated HDV. Mm. They're MPs, local MPs, local councillors, activists people in general and if they didn't hate it beforehand everybody who was fucking turfed out of those estates yeah. would have hated it afterwards definitely and they would have blamed the Labour Party not the Labour Council yeah. not the Labour thing like they were talking about the NEC intervening in um, yeah. in Haringey as like this disgusting anti-democratic thing mm. it's like why do you think they were fucking intervening because mm. they're going to hate you yeah and you might stay in power because of the broken fucking voting system in this country where nobody fucking votes in council, local council elections mm. but you will have nothing to do, and you will just—you'll just destroy. Mm. You'll destroy any kind of decent polit- political project with your intense need to do this thing now, as opposed to doing it properly. Yeah. Jess Phillips did it as well. Like, oh, I feel like I've been chucked out of my own party. Yeah, I remember we talked about that. You know, like I just can't stand this. I couldn't. I couldn't. You know what? I couldn't. I can't really stand it from like proper Corbynites either. Mm. Of, um. You know, I am everything. Like the party is everything. To yeah, me. this, this which is my club. Which is weird as somebody who kind of like vaguely has a sympathy with like vanguardist tactics. Yeah, but the but also party aren't, aren't the Bolsheviks. No, they're, not, they're not the vanguard party, and this is not this is not like a, a 
like this isn't the same situation no. this isn't the same kind of thing no. like it's I don't know I, they're not like the black hand <laughs> you'd you know give your life for they're, they are like and the Labour Party is good at the moment yeah. it's being good it, it's doing good and it's mm. getting better and I could probably see myself joining if, if it carries on like this yeah um, but the idea of that this is my everything is a bit fucking weird. But it's it's that substrate of your it's like that sub sub bit of your identity, mm. you know. And it's okay for it to carry on as long as I can say I'm on the right side of like this newspaper column. Mm. It's like that desire to to put politics back until it was like it's like a like there was that um, thing they did with Trump in America. Like they read um, this uh, they read all the president's men. Uh, with the cast of the West Wing, yeah, and oh they, you know, God. you know, like putting heavy evidence, yeah. putting heavy um, emphasis yeah. on um, Trump being like Nixon and that kind of thing, and it's like, oh, oh, oh he's really going to get back now, and it's like this, this desire to return to this West Wing thing where politics is basically like personalities scrapping over, yeah, over bureaucracy in order to get to the same to the same destination, and that always you know leads I mean? to like bottoming out of people turning up to vote. Yeah. People lose any desire to be part of that process. Yeah, like if back cor- if, if the real power, if the real politics is going on in like back corridors and you can make mm. fun of it, like you can watch the Armando Iannucci mm. series on something mm. and you can separate yourself from that and still say you're in politics, that becomes more like a moral weird pastime mm. than it does an actual political agenda. Like, I don't know about anybody else, but I've got things I want to see happen in the world yeah. that will make people's lives better, not just have the fucking badge. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's weird seeing. Yeah, it's um it'll be nice to see if there's any more. Like I none of the people quitting the Labour Party did it as well as I said Bryn Phillips. Bryn Phillips was the one who did the best one. Oh Bryn Phillips, yeah. He cut up his um cut up his laminated card while in a car dealership. But again, he was he he had another thing because he was massively dedicated to that one guy who was going to yeah. stand against um, Corbyn in Islington. Yeah. But the, then, uh, but the then he dropped rebel. out. Like, that's another thing. They all have pet MPs. Yeah. Their favourite MP, the one who they would die for. It's very weird. I would die for, uh, off the top of my head, David Lammy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he can, right. David Lammy can be alright, but that's the thing. When Beats we talk, kids. when we, di- well, yeah. <laughs> when we talk about like, Stella Creasy's been alright. Yeah. Uh, over the past couple of weeks, in that she hasn't said anything that I completely <laughs> find abhorrent. That she was being, she, that she was speak, speaking up for trans women mm. and not being horrible, and then she comes out in defence of Claire Cooper saying that she fuck up again. Yeah, it's it's just a weird thing. I I have I have a real difficulty finding like people's motivations. Tories, you know what they're about. Oh, yeah. They are the richest, fattest people in the room. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, no, they're not the richest, fattest person. Now they're the they're the rich they the rich they're usually the richest, mm. but the fattest. They haven't really. They've been. Oh, they're stuff. all they're all on health kits because they want to live forever. Yeah, they're they're doing the Elon Musk. Oh no, what's the other one? The one who drinks blood. Oh, Peter Thiel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the you know the ice chip eating, yeah. um, yoga doing, you know, hot yeah. yoga that kind of thing. Which is why there's a desire for someone like Jacob Rees Mogg because at least you know what he's doing. He's shooting yeah. peasants with an <laughs> antique <laughs> rifle. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. yeah. It'd be nice to see if more people leave the Labour Party. I'd like a lot of them to leave, to be honest. It's too fucking broad a church. Yeah, that's the problem. You need to get them out. You know what? That whole thing about like having politics that are separate from your party, Mm. that's fine. 
if your politics don't match the Labour Party, go and found a Liberal Party. I genuinely mean this. Mm. Go and join the Liberal Democrats. Mm. Even if it sees a boost to them, we'll fucking see, won't we? In the political system that yeah. they love so much, we'll yeah. see who's more popular. We'll see if the Lib Dems are more popular than Corbyn's Labour. If you join it and you work for it, yeah. fucking go ahead. Yeah. Mm. But to end out today, mm. because in the mornings now, I don't just have to play with Fitz. Yeah. So I don't have to watch Piers Morgan anymore. Right. I can go back to my first love, and that is <laughs> playing computer games on silent while listening to LBC. <laughs> and the just journalist of the year, the yeah. greatest journalist this country has made, <laughs> Nick Ferrari. Man. Okay, Nick Ferrari, he's had a lot of jobs. He's 58-year-old bloke who hosts the breakfast show during the week on LBC. Yeah. Taxi driver's favourite. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he was for a while. I don't know if he is anymore. <laughs> um, but he's worked at LBC for a long time. I think he has like staggeringly high ratings. He is adored Yeah. by a specific... He's the reason that your grandparents are racist. He's the one that tells them. Because, you know, that your grandparents that don't understand Facebook. Yeah. He's the one that gives them the stories. <laughs> he's... He always struck me as like he's he's more like your dad, like he's your dad mm. level of racism because he he's been around in the game long enough that he knows how to dodge explicit bits of that. Well, no, he's been Did fined explicitly because he can't dodge. Oh, really? <laughs> he's been, he has caused a number of fines, and it shows how, how has he how lasted. Much, he's how been much, on there for well, like how much money years. he brings in, uh, and how the ratings are so high. He's had to be a bit better about it. But just to tell you about. Hmm. Niccolo Ferrari, because mm-hmm. he does bring up his Italian heritage whenever he's accused of being racist. Uh. Um, he used to used to present a discussion program on Press TV. Did he really? <laughs> yes. Wow. Un- until the um, is it the Green thing in two thousand nine, the Green uprising, the Green protest, where there was a lot of people and they had green banners, and then the Iranian government squashed them. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. That was the um, uh, Nadia thing, wasn't it? That uh, lady who got shot. Can't remember. But anyway, that's when he left. Um, but he then, he has, he's, oh, he's so many good. He started off as a news reporter for the Sunday Mirror. In the 80s, he became the show business reporter for The Sun and editor of the Bizarre Gossip page. He met a lot of celebrities and he talks about it on his radio show all the time. Yeah. All the celebrities he met. All the celebrities. All the celebs. Plain. Um, Share. <laughs> Um, fe- then he became features editor of the News of the World Sunday magazine yep. and assistant editor of the Daily Mirror. He is really good friends with Kelvin McKenzie. Ah, uh, He yes. will defend Kelvin McKenzie a lot. Yeah. And he worked with him on live TV. I was going to say, that's the one thing I do remember about his history, that he was one of the first people in on live TV, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, live TV, that was, it was like Cable's answer to Sky. It, it was like it was like a cape. It was a because when it was divided into satellite, which was mo- like Sky, yeah, and then cable, which was something like a kind of failed, yeah, kind like of a, a failed more channel. That's all I can. Yeah, it was all I can say. Like, yeah, it was a bit shit. But Live TV was really dodgy. It was. And it, it, it was, was like it was, page, it was page three. It was liquidized TV. sun. Yeah, it, it was, really was, it as you'd was. expect from like someone like Kelvin McKenzie. Yeah, but while there, Nick Ferrari devised programs such as Topless Darts. Uh-huh. The news bunny, <laughs> and the weather being presented by a dwarf on a trampoline. <laughs> was that the weather in Norwegian? 
was that what was that the gimmick? Because it was it was there, there was, was that. a lot of like topless news. But there I was like a, a, a model presenting the weather, but speaking Norwegian. Was that it? Fuck. I, I remember like being young watching live TV at one of my rich friends' houses. Because you wouldn't be allowed to watch it at home. I wouldn't. I didn't have. We had. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't, ha- I didn't have. I didn't have satellite until like yeah. My the, parents the had satellite when I left. Yeah. Parents. Um, but yeah, so he worked on that doing classy things like that. Um, so, oh, that's a nice thing. Between 2004 and 2005, he developed his own one-man show, consisting largely oh, of anecdotes about his family and the various jobs he's had over the years, jokes, audience interaction, and the occasional guest appearance, including Carol Thatcher. <laughs> um, he found really never- making the most of those like post-80s like boom figures. Yeah, he vowed <laughs> never to repeat it. Um, oh, man, okay. that's usually a downward trajectory. He is a massive show, Tory. Oh, like yeah. a big yeah. time Tory. Um, David Cameron tried to get him to run for London Mayor. Mm-hmm. He probably would have won. Um, but is that they had Boris? Yeah. Um, this is one of the times he caused fines for, for LBC because on election day he did tell everyone to vote for Boris, which you're not allowed <laughs> to do on election day. Yep. Um, his, he did have policies because um, it did get quite far. And his, some of his policies were going to be um, reintroducing route master buses with various modifications so they could conform to disability and environmental laws. Now the thing is, I love the old route master buses. They were fucking great. I loved yeah. them. There was some like I hurt myself a lot on those buses. I <laughs> falling off them drunk. Um, and <coughs> you could probably make them up to date with environmental stuff. There is no way you can make an old route master bus accessible to any disability because they the- are thin and tidy. Yeah. You would, there's no way you could make you could put a ramp on it. If you put a ramp on it, it'd lose all the chairs. Like they are old fashioned like omnibuses. Yeah, but it like, tells you a lot because he wanted to introduce re- reintroduce them and get rid of the bendy buses because this was back when Ken Livingstone was setting London on fire with his bendy buses. I never, bendy got, bus I never got the conservative like, thing about bendy buses. They're a bit shit um, because they would it was it would be the best situation would be you'd see it when they're you know okay for example. You live, you work near Rock Circus, yeah. so say a bus is turning, yeah, and then something happens and it gets stuck at one bit. Mm. It will cover up the whole road. Yeah, that's, they were huge. They I were mean, gigantic. The it was a double decker bus smear. The thing is, I did live in uh, in Nottingham where they had yeah. um, bendy buses, but single mm. single level bendy buses. Oh, they weren't double decker. They were just they were just single level. Um, it's yeah. just London roads aren't big enough for them. Um, yeah, and they, sure, sure. But they weren't that bad either. But it was just a thing that Tories really hated them. Yeah, but um. He wanted to put a large levy on trainers in the run-up to the 2012 Olympics and double income tax on human rights lawyers because he's like a oh, proper yeah. Alan Partridge-style yeah. style fucking shit. Um, he refuses to recycle because all the recycle bins means he's lost his front garden. Ah, the Rod Little special. Yeah. Um, he's been... In 2003, he was fined for... Um, oh, they upheld a complaint against Ferrari because of um, active reinforcement of prejudiced views against the asylum seekers. Um, and it oh, had exceeded God. the acceptable boundaries for transmission. Um, <laughs> caused frosty relationships between him and um, Ken Livingston, who was then mayor. Mm-hmm. Um, Ken Livingston was furious about all this. And eventually that's how Ken Livingston got his job with LBC. <laughs> because it all went quiet. And then he started having his weekly show. Yeah. with being interviewed by um, Nick Ferrari. And then went on to have his Saturday morning show. Which was really nice. I liked his Saturday morning show. It was quite nice listening to him in the morning. Yeah. Um, but some of the choice things of Nick Ferrari... Um, he was one of those people who joined the Labour Party to elect Jeremy Corbyn because it would destroy the Labour Party. So that's oh, a, awesome. So that's funny. Um, 
Oh, he, he writes for the Express. Oh, does he? Yeah, he oh. writes. He has a Sunday column in the Express. Yeah, I mean, that's um, exp- a nice thing about Grenfell. Labour's politicisation of the Grenfell Tower disaster is sinister. Sinister. It's hard, like his choice quote. While it's hardly surprising that a bunch of disaffected students and left-wing rabble-rousers who are bent on for social mischief are behind this, others should have known better. He's very much like <laughs> others his should dad. have known better to, yeah. than to get like. <laughs> I hope my dad never listens to this, but my dad <laughs> he probably did. Um, Actually, he went nights. No, no, no. Um, I'm talking about the podcast. Oh. <laughs> um, like my dad was like um, when the Grenfell thing happened, and my mum uh, grew up in the. As one of many places she lived as an Irish immigrant, uh, grew up in the tower opposite yeah. Grenfell, opposite the um, the roundabout, the, yeah. the big overpass yeah. um, there. Um, so like they knew that area of London quite mm. well. And like my dad, I don't know why he said it, but he was like, "Oh, you, you can't help but think that if uh, you know there wouldn't be so much fuss." Like, what was? How did he put it? People wouldn't be so upset if they were English, basically, because foreigners are more like hot blooded. Oh, oh! <laughs> I'm sure he was just a oh. I'm caught between wanting to defend my dad and also <laughs> just an that's fucking bunkery. horrible. Yes, um, yeah, but that yeah that kind of thing like where yeah, honestly, why what what's so bad about a tower burning down and fucking <laughs> hundreds yeah. of people dying? Oh, God, calm down a minute. Oh, um, yeah, Nick Ferrari also. Here's another nice... I didn't read this article, just... Don't target white men, says Nick Ferrari. Mm. He's one of those guys. And the thing is with Nick Ferrari is... He is the best radio talk show host for getting in callers. Okay. He's not a good person. No. In any stretch of the imagination. But he will do a solid hour on parking tickets that you hate. And yeah. it will just have people phoning in all the time. Yeah. Um, he'll be he knows of... what hot button is he's been around long enough that he knows what actually gets people really fucking annoyed it's quite satisfying watching an expert at his right wing cunt craft yeah cunt work. craft yeah, sure. yeah and he is just shit he took an apprenticeship in cunt craft once <laughs> dropped out halfway through but um, it's always that kind of thing it's always like uh, it'll be he'll do uh, like he has his three hours, and in those three hours, he'll have something like a hot button issue, like um, weren't, weren't lollipop, didn't lollipop ladies used to be more friendly, mm. and lots of people would phone up. Um, who remembers milk bottle tops, and the, you know that kind of thing. That kind of thing. And then there'll be the immigrants who come for your jobs. Yeah, we shouldn't pay any. We shouldn't be paying foreign aid. And then there'll be an, maybe another an, a nastier thing to, from nine to ten. Yeah, because that's when the kids are at school. He does do the cute thing, which is one of the things I like about already. He's like. Time to, if you're on the school run, cover their ears, and then we'll say something fucking horrible, like yeah. with regards to like Grenfell or something like that. <laughs> Not like you know laughing about them, but then we'll go into detail about deaths. Yeah, it's like cover the children's ears. Now seventy three people have died. Mm. Um, but he's such an unrepentant him, if that makes sense. He's it's hard to know what he actually believes anymore because I've watched him chop and change his views. Hmm. on certain things and I genuinely don't I don't think he's homophobic I don't actually think he's probably that racist I think he's Islamophobic as fuck yeah um, but is that just because it's an easy yeah it's, you, it is more easy to delineate the bounds of Islamophobia than it is of out and out like uh, 
like colorism racism yeah. if you like yeah it's far easier to slip a little bit in and like get out quickly as opposed to saying you know all black people are muggers or something like that yeah. you know well it's um it's got this weird thing he speak like he only ever sounds animated and passionate when he's talking about his decrepit cat yeah or his sons or how hard his divorce was <laughs> I always love that defensive, like, oh, you know, Nick, Nick Ferrari, he's so racist and so... But you know what? He loves his family. It's like, oh, well, all's, all's forgiven. Well, no, he's like, I, man loves his family. Yeah. But no, those... those Shades of grey. Shades of grey. Not saying that, just, they're literally the only things that he seems animated and excited about. The other stuff yeah. is like, he is properly going through the motions. And like, I've seen him on like Sunday politics and stuff. Yeah. And when you see these people for five minutes, because yeah. it is five minutes, and they seem animated and passionate about subject, it is 100% fake. Yeah. They are pretending to care about this thing. Yeah, they've worked themselves when they, when Whereas when you listen to him for three hours, yeah. you can tell what he really couldn't give less of a fuck. Yeah, yeah. And it's really bizarre, because it's like, I think that they're dying out, these people. They're going to be gone. Mm. Well, there's not going to be there's no there's not going to be any need for these people anymore when when we when all the old people die I, I, because I'd imagine their listenership isn't that young. I mean, it, maybe not their listenership, but they are prepping the next generation. Like the alt right yeah, talking but points come but from that thing, and I know they've got alternative figures but to use, look to. They, but they talk, Jordan Peterson, yeah, and but they stuff talk like in that. a different way. Yeah, sure, sure. They don't do the same thing. Like, I don't think... I couldn't see, like, Sargon of Akkad's morning radio show where he talks about, like, lollipop ladies. Well, you say that now. <laughs> where does Obviously he... Lo- where radio does he... Swindon. Like, because he just seems... <clears throat> to me, he just seems like... He has... He... His... his spe- like, all of the right-wing pundits have their special power. Yeah. Rod Liddell has this ability to be, like, utterly fucking monstrous and completely hypocritical Katie Hopkins's special thing is that she doesn't know when enough is enough mm. Katie Hopkins like Nick Ferrari can measure the level of Islamophobia he can get to mm. and get out without being explicitly blamed as you said he got fined yeah. but he seems to have gotten like better at that He's over the years from it. what I've listened yeah. Katie Hopkins doesn't know when to get out she'll just say the things and then get completely fucked up because of it and mm. is being fucked up and that's why she's it. not an LBC um, he's like remarkable just because of his longevity and like he has managed to keep in a in an environment where yeah he can say that like white male conservatives are under threat or whatever mm. but there's an awful fucking lot of them in the media mm. there's an awful fucking lot of them who get reported on daily and have weekly columns mm. you know that kind of clarkson there's, there's also this thing he clarkson does kind of level in, um i don't think he's had her on for a while he used to have um, yasmin alibi brown on a lot yeah and he's got this thing with um, women who are progress well more progressive than him, which is pretty much every woman, yeah, apart from Katie Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Um, he really likes them and gets them kind of flirty. And that way of a certain kind of right wing man really likes slightly liberal women, yeah, because he likes the idea of taming them and teaching them the racism of. <laughs> he's his got. He seems to have a more subtle power play than just inviting them to a Preston's club dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know um, what I mean? But. It's that weird thing, like, seeing the difference between him and Piers Morgan. Yes. Because Piers, yeah. Mor- Piers Morgan is an amateur in this world. He stumbles... He shouldn't be. He must be the same age as him. Um, Maybe a little bit younger. A bit younger, but um, he's so much worse at it. He gets, called, he gets shouted at a lot more, and 
He's not long for... He can't be that much longer for his I've job. I've been saying that ever since he took over that show from... Uh, what's his face? Um, yeah. Uh, Larry... King? Larry King. Is he still on in America? No, 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 he's not. He got kicked oh, off that okay. show. But <laughs> you thought that he, was going to be the end of him. When he went into that... Like, I was like, why? Yeah. Why I can't see Piers Morgan... I can't see Piers Morgan lasting forever. I can't see Piers no, Morgan... No, no. I couldn't see Piers Morgan being able to survive a three-hour morning show. He's not... Um, um, He's not consistent enough. He no. he is all over the place, and he doesn't give. A, I don't know what he's trying to do. It seems like Piers Morgan is just trying to annoy people, whereas Nick Ferrari is knows exactly where to target to make people like. Piers Morgan makes people annoyed at him. Mm. Nick Ferrari has the skill to know what to so make to, people to annoyed aid at. The anger. Yeah, like because nothing Nick Ferrari aims at gets um, affected. <laughs> like by specifically by him, he contributes to a background noise of mm. like malice and yeah. spite and annoyance that is going to fucking kill us all. Yeah, but as opposed to Piers Morgan, Piers Morgan is just firing shots off. <laughs> what did I see? Oh, I don't know. The, uh, the shoes, yeah. shoes on women. Yeah, you know that kind of thing. Like that's the thing that he'll do. He'll just respond to whatever in front of him. Whereas Nick Ferrari seems a bit more measured. And to be honest, to me, whenever I've listened to LBC, mm. seems tired. Yeah. He seems tired with the whole thing. You're right. Like, there's, I want them to die out because, like you said about the low level noise, because I think he is worse than Katie Hopkins. Yes. Oh, like yeah. I will say, like relatively nice things about him. He, there's, he is quite cute whenever a kid is on the line, mm-hmm. or whenever, more importantly, when a mum has phoned up and the kid makes a sound in the background and he just starts wanting. To oh, talk let to me the put kid. that down in the pros column. Exactly. It's Not this... absolutely outrageous <laughs> to fucking kids. <laughs> I'm really starting to come on board with him. I'm really starting to like him. <laughs> Loves his family and isn't mean to kids. Well, so is that. So really <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Um, but again, because they're yeah. not as good as him. They're not as good yeah. at him at it. So, what, yeah. so that's why he can able. He is carrying on with something and perpetuating something that is significantly worse than anything that Katie Hopkins or even things. Um, what's the name? Jada Franson. Uh, yeah, Britain First. Yeah, he is way more successful. Oh, yeah. uh, her explicit aims and goals yes. of yeah. radicalizing young right well young radicalizing middle a- middle aged white men who will then raise right wing sons yeah potentially yeah. Um, but because he's so good at it he gets to be on one of the most listened to radio shows in the country every morning hmm. and there's I they need to stop like that I mean there's a reason why Rush Limbaugh yeah. Has been so he's probably he's not as ex, I don't know whether he's extreme as Rush Limbaugh, but no, like he's no, he's not. That's it's a, a, it's a, it's a different it's a different environment. Actually, like, that's, that's, that's the thing to. as well. He's much better because um, those kind of American shock jocks hmm. couldn't survive in this country. They they would end up with well, the Katie Hopkins. Yeah, they end yeah. up going the way of Katie Hopkins, and then saying, "Well, I've got to have a YouTube channel," um, or yeah, like Milo raising yeah. his red alert faction. Yeah, um, but. It's so much worse because of that. Because yeah. what's worse, someone punching you in the face or a carbon monoxide leak? Yeah, and that's that's him, Nick Ferrari, the carbon <laughs> monoxide leak <laughs> of the British media. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's a good one to end out on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so that's, up, that's us for this week, yeah. I think. Um, uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Mm. You can follow us at WDT80W underscore podcast. You can follow me at BM Bergamo and Hugh at Tanner Smashing. Yep. And uh, yeah, that's it for this week. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. I love my country. Hee hee.
but frightened and the least about the frightened game when Miss 